Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 20, and we're going to read verse 29, amen, and in verse 29, it says this, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. We're going to continue in part two, from doubt to belief. Hold up your Bibles that you already have in your hands and say, this is my Bible. And I read it every day. I only speak the word. I live the word. It is the word of my daily walk to the Lord. Amen. 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 This is part two that we're going to talk about. Amen. In John 20 and 29, Jesus said, Blessed are they who have not seen but believe on him. And for the natural man, that is an impossibility because natural man must see to believe, and yet some who do see still don't believe. You with me there? For you to believe in the wind, you cannot see, but you believe it. Because you can feel it, and you can see the devastation that can come with some strong wind. Amen? But a lot of times, it's hard for people to see a miracle or expect a miracle just by blind faith. It's not. There are people that have been in the hospital and they still are, and they are believing for a miracle. And sometimes, you know, people will come around them and, and say that, um, you know, I don't think so because you are in a hospice. And once you get into hospice, then, you know, your days are numbered. Not true. One of the... Uh, people that's on our prayer list was in hospice. And we began to pray for him. The Lord strengthened him, healed him, and now he's at home with his wife. Amen. But sometimes it's kind of challenging for people to believe in something when they're looking at the circumstances and they're saying, it's, it's impossible. Because I'm looking at this. But we as Christians must walk this walk of salvation by faith. We already know the scripture that reads over there in Hebrews chapter 11. And verse number one, we read that a lot of times and, and we know it and we've taken it to com- 
uh, memory, we commit to learning that. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that we have We've got that memorized, and it's in the tip of our head, but it has not moved down into our hearts yet. It's kind of challenging to ex- wanting something, expecting something when you look at devastation all around you. And I know it is. But our faith has to go to that area. Verse 6 in Hebrews 11, I quoted Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1. I want to quote now verse number 6. It says, but without faith, it is what? Impossible, what? To believe him. For he who comes to God must believe, what? That he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's, let's go through this verse 6 for a moment. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. The him is talking about God. Accepting Christ as your Savior is by faith. To look at the atmosphere and all the things around, it is a by faith thing. I was talking with my babies, and we were talking about the Big Bang Theory, where man was saying, you know, it just went bang, and there it is. And I said, to them, well, what caused the bang? Something has to cause a situation to happen for it to go bang. You drop your glass on a cement floor and bang, this glass all the way around. You touch something hot, and depending on what it is, it comes out, y'all, you know, a cause and effect. But it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. So what does God want in order to be pleased? He wants our faith. He wants us to come, so to speak, on his level. Now, you know, you'll never get on that level, but you do migrate towards it. It says, for he that comes to God must believe that God exists. Now, I'll tell you this. I cannot explain the wind. I really cannot. But I can see it out there. You know, you can see the tornadoes, and you can see all of the different things come, and you can see how the waves are continuing to build up momentum as the wind gets into it. Now, I can explain from whether it comes from the north or south or east or west, but then I can see the results of it. But it says that you must believe that God exists when you come to him. And we take this walk of salvation by faith. I'm going to believe in Jesus that he can take my burdens away and that he can cause something supernatural to happen on the inside that I'm not bothered about the outer appearances. You have to accept Jesus by faith in order to get to your next level. It is by faith that you believe that there is a heaven and a hell. Jesus talked about hell and there is a place. But it is by faith that we latch on to Jesus on his word and the principles of God that will take us into eternity. It says that if you believe that God is and that God is all knowing, our knowledge, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, omnipotent, you have to believe that he exists. I cannot explain to you, I am not a scientist, how plants can grow. And that earth, and that dirt, making mud pies and eating it and the gritting and the grime made us sick, you know, 
What doeth in profit, my brother? Though a man say he has faith and has not worked, can faith save him? Verse 17 says, says this, even so faith, if it has not worked, it is what? It is dead being alone. Here we're talking about faith and works. Amen? Verse 26 says this, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So how are we coming through with it from doubt to faith? Amen? Let's look at it. When you hear the word of God, you have a choice at that particular point. And what is your choice? You can take the word which you have heard, apply it inside your heart, and then become one, a doer of it. Okay, your faith cannot grow if you're not active. You just cannot say move mountain, move, 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 move mountain, and don't have enough power to make it happen. Or you say mountain is big, die, fly, die, fly, die, fly. You know, right now, you ain't doing nothing to it. Fly, die, die, fly, drop, you know, it ain't happening. Amen? But you got to put some action to your faith, right? You get the fly squad, come on, die. Zooming and gone. Amen. Amen. Because at that point, the faith that you're using is in the ability that once I get it on my weapon, and I'm going to hit him that I have enough force behind, and I'm going to catch him in that spot. That's faith. But you got to use your faith in order for it to go grow. Is that not right? Let me just say something about this faith. I believe that once my grandson, I'm going to step out of the box right here, gets to a certain age next month, then I'm teaching him how to drive. I've already put my faith into action. I've already put it into action. And this is what I'm saying. I stepped out in faith that he needs to know. He needs to know how to drive. It's not a matter of whether or not he wants to or not. It's the, my faith in him, and I'm going to challenge him as the time comes and says, hey, your birthday's coming. I'm going to let you drive. See, my end result says I need to give my call away. See, I look at things. Oh, y'all are not hear me. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm looking at seeds from. Amen. If you build up a muscle, it's going to get strong. I tell you this. I tell you this. My faith in him says this, but there's coming another one after him. And I say, Lord, when he gets to that age, I'm going to limit my faith. I thank God for putting it in my heart. I want him to learn how to drive. See, we look at this. I know you don't get the license until you get another number. But you put your faith into action that they're going to be, what, good drivers? Yeah. Adhere to the laws of the land. This is my faith that this boy ain't going to run into a telephone pole, you know, try to gun it and get to the hook. You know what I'm saying? It is by faith. And what are you doing? You build their company. So what am I planning inside of them? What? I'm planning that they have the ability to understand the laws of the land, to take care of my property, Parents' property and take care of their lives. Amen? Amen. 
they're going to diligently seek me for it. My birthday is uh, uh, a month and two days, you know. Um, and my mom say, okay, we got that, amen? But the thing about it is I'm doing it. I did it to my other grandbabies. Why can't I to do this? The legacy continues. Amen. Amen. Jesus did a great many of miracles, and people still did not believe him. So you're saying, oh, really? Jesus healed the sick to make them whole. Called blind eyes to see. And the people had the audacity to say, it's Bill the Bug. That ain't God. That ain't, that ain't, that's a devil. And Jesus makes a statement, you know, and Satan can't stop Satan, you know, a house divided against itself. It can't stand. But we need to get from doubt to belief. You with me? Now, I made a statement to you concerning this. When you take the word, you have something to do with it. When you hear it, you have to do something with it, right? So what you going to do? You have to first accept it. It agrees with your spirit. You mentally, spiritually committed to your enemy. Yes, you do. You mentally committed to it. Do you remember when you heard a song of a small child? Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me If that's all you know, when adversity comes, your Holy Spirit, that spirit on the inside of you, would say, yes, Jesus loves you. Let me tell you something. And that will strengthen you. So when you hear the word, you have to first believe that this word is real, commit this word to say, and accept it. And then you're hiding it inside your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. So when you hide that word inside you, we're just going to say, yes, Jesus loves you. When you're going through and it feels like nobody on this earth loves you, that spirit on the inside of you would say, yes, the Bible says he loves you. That's truth. So God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's love. That will become so profound on the inside of you that when you want to strain, that same word will not condemn you because you're in Christ. It will convict you of righteousness. And when you get ready to step outside, Jesus loves you. This is why when people are about to end their lives, there are people that will come about at that time and say, there's someone greater than you, greater than me, that holds his worldly hands, 
They love you, and if you only give him a try, he will change your life. And when that person ready to make a step into eternal lostness, can hang on to that loves me, Jesus, their lives will change and they'll come back with a testimony. When you take that word, you have to believe that it's for you. I receive it. It's good for me. I accept it. Then you commit it in your heart. Jesus talks about commitment. You will hide that inside your heart. It's a commitment between you and God. Lord, I thank you for increasing my faith today in just that one word. But in order for it not to be a dead word, you got to make it work for you. So you say, how am I going to make my faith work for me? Practice it. Let me show you something to practice on. Did this I live? Forgiveness as a challenge. So you can tell me about unforgiveness and forgiveness. None of you all can come tell me that. Because at that time that you choose to forgive, not from here, but from here. When you forgive, something is activated on the inside of you. Your faith, that is, in knowing that God has allotted you just that strength to do it from the heart. When you see that person again, the sting of death, the sting has been removed. It's like when a bee sting, once they get their stinger out, it no longer torments you. You can meet that person on the street. And you don't have to turn around and hope that they don't see you. And if you're in the grocery store, you don't have to go down the other aisle. Put your hood on. Walk a different way. Practice. Make perfect. You have to do what God has told you to do. How you go through trials determines your faith. Let me say this again. How you go through trials determines your faith. So many Christians have left God because of their trials that they went through. I'm not talking about non-Christians. I'm talking about Christians. Because they have put God inside of this magical box that says that God can only move in this way in this time period. Not true. Jesus heals people differently. The wash Spit in mud, put it on you. Then show yourself to the priest. His hem of his garment touched. He spoke the word. You don't have to go to my house and speak the word. But when Christians go through something, and they have this idea that because I am a Christian, then God is going to be Johnny on the spot to just what I need. But God is building your faith. He's building character inside of you. So Christians do this. This is, this is what they do. 
They go through something and, and they're hoping, hope, hope, hoping and hoping and praying and hoping and hoping and praying that they get the results of it. And when the results don't come the way that they want to, they say, God, I charge you with fine. I find fault in you, God, because you did not move. You said you would. Your word said. But your faith and your trust was in your ability and not God. Uh, how you go through it is going to determine how strong you are in faith. Faith is the evidence. And you don't even see it just yet. Faith is, I can be as mother hubbard in the cupboard, but my faith says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed they bread. But Lord, all I have is a package of crackers, and I will eat a cracker a day for 30 days, and I'm going to keep praising you. You eat the cracker for five days, and you keep praising God. Christians, after day two, they say God's word is a lie. That's because they were at the end of the rope of their faith right then and there, and they slump back to doubt. If God can cause a raven, a dirty bird, to go see his prophet, Elijah was one that was on the Mount of Transfiguration. If God can do that, then our God can do it for us. Christians get on a time limit of saying what God can do by this time. That's where we mess up. You're not making your faith work. I made a statement earlier about killing that fly. You got to take the weapons that God has given to you from a fly swatter to swat the fly. Or you know about those with a book or a shoe or a dish towel, you know, and we can do it. And you know those that can grab it in the air and crush it. But they have to use what they have. When we as Christians is trying to get to our next level, you have to be so sure in your faith, and your faith has to be stretched so that you can get to your next level, that you've got to apply the word that you had in your sight according to that that you believe in God. Let me tell you this. The Bible says, Man don't work, don't let him eat. If you don't take care of his family, he's less than an infidel. That's scripture. And we sit complacent and charge God with folly. I can't find something. Then I say, why is your faith to believe that God can? It don't mean that you're hoping and praying and hoping and hoping and hoping and praying. God said, the dog, give it dog. Get up. Set out the application. Yes. Don't get your job. Yes. Don't look like big old Pete when you go. Yes. Look like a business man that wanted. Like a business woman dressed for yes. success. Yes. When I needed a job, I touched and agreed with it. Yes. 
with one person. Because I don't want my business all up in the street. You know, loose lips and shit. I just need that. But I needed somebody that has the best to help me playing out there. The next morning, I got up, went to the street, still on the application.
with those addictions, how are you praying for them? Oh, okay. Let me just get that. Drug abuse and, and alcohol. You go to 1 Corinthians 6 and 15. Let's go there for me. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 15. Listen to what it says. <clears throat> know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God for me. So you got to look at the scripture and begin to buy. Say, Lord, they're taking their body in vain. They're causing their liver, their kidneys. <clears throat> the car give me a glass of water. Their lungs and all of that. You know, <clears throat> you know it's unhealthy. God delivered you. Want them, want them to deliver them. Go with me to Luke chapter 21, verse number 34. Luke 21, 34. <clears throat> what does it say there? <clears throat> and take heed to yourselves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the cares of this life so that the day come upon you unaware. What about praying these scriptures over them that have that problem? You don't want the cares of the life of this life to overwhelm them. Do you pray that scripture for them? He said, How do you even know what's in there? Dig inside that scripture. Amen. Go to Proverbs 20 and verse 1. <clears throat> Proverbs 20 and verse 1. <clears throat> he says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and so whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. So what are you probably talking about a person with alcohol or drug abuse? You're saying, Lord, listen, this wine is making a fool of them, and it's not wise. Enlighten the eyes of their understanding that they would know the hope of your calling. Go to Ephesians. I want you to read that. This she didn't quote it something. I want to read it myself. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance for the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to upward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So what I'm saying, are we taking the time and praying either for us or praying for those in our family? What about our coworkers? How do we get our faith to increase? Begin to be a doer of that word, amen? Begin to put it into effect. So you have a problem with the devil. Proverbs 4 and 23. Go there. Proverbs 4 and 23. Look at this. Listen at this. This is what it says. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for all of it are the issues of life. Amen? Excuse me. 
Lord, keep my heart. Don't let my heart go wondering where it should not be going. Amen? Go to Proverbs 4 and 13. Look at this one. Take fast hold of instruction and let her, that's talk about wisdom, not go. Keep her for she is your life, which is that wisdom is for life. So what are you praying? You're praying wisdom for you in that area to keep your heart right where it's supposed to be. Amen? I tell you, God is great God. Verse 27 says, turn not to the right hand nor to the left and remove your foot from evil. So when God says to remove your foot from evil, that means get up from away from there. Don't ever allow something to ensnare you and take you back when you need to be free. Amen? I, if we never apply that word, we'll never grow. It'll be just dead words. You know, I got faith. But you're not using it. Do you know God has given us weapons for warfare? What are at least two of the weapons that God has given us to destroy the enemy? That's right, the word. You're absolutely right. What else? Come on. Praise. What else? Come on. Your testimony. The Bible says the word of God is sharper than two-inch sword. Did he say that? So that means that that word is a weapon for you. It's sharper than any sword. But if we use it correctly, then we get the right results. For an example, the flies coming around, and you take the handle part of it, you know, the little hole in it, and you keep hitting that thing, nothing happens, and you're holding the wide backboard on it. If you take that weapon and use it correctly and turn it around, the bam, okay? Amen. What is it if you have a hot temper? I'm getting ready to pull. What it is with a hot temper? Your anger. Go to Proverbs. In Proverbs now, chapter 19, verse number 11. What does it say? The discretion of a man, what? Uh huh. Come on. So what is that just saying from it? We have the ability to do what? To defy. Put it back. Don't do it. Don't get in anger. You, you don't do it. Go also with me. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16. I like this. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I like this. Proverbs 12 and 16, what does it say? A fool's wrath is presently known. You uh, up in here, up in here, don't make me act a fool. Up in here, they know you because of your action. But a prudent man, what? He covers his shame. Come on. He's there praying for you. God is something. Proverbs 15 and 18. A wrathful man, what? Stirred up strife. But what? But what? But what? Oh, my God. When we begin to pray for people, for us, listen, when you come to God, you be transparent. 
It's between you and God. He ain't going to tell nobody else. And if anybody else finds out, it's because you will fully hold. Amen? But when you're talking to God, say, God, I'm dealing with this situation, and I, only you can deliver me. Make your faith grow. And you begin to find, even if you mess up, just say, Lord, don't spend fall seven times. Get up and say, Lord, I failed this time to strengthen me in my inward part so that what? I won't have to do this again. Let's look at bitterness. We all deal with that bitterness sometimes. Don't act like you have never been bitter or mad at somebody. Boy, I can, if I can eat them up, I can eat them up and spit them out, you know? Okay. With bitterness, look at Hebrews chapter 12. Verse number 15, I'm going to read it close. It says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any, what, root of bitterness, but bringing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. So what is he saying? Don't let that bitterness jump all over you. Guess what? But that bitterness comes over you. What's going to happen? People are going to be defiled. So what does that mean? Come on, that bitterness spring up in you, many will be defiled. Come on, what does that mean? Boy, they're going to get the brunt of your anger, and they're going to be, you be going to them out. You know, come on, and the thing about it, if we all been in that situation, then you go back and say, oh, man, I didn't mean to say, they hurt. They mad. Come on, they spitting fire. Amen? Amen. Go to some <clears throat> for comfort. If you ever need comfort, go to Psalms 23. When you begin to hear about the Lord as my shepherd, he began to comfort you. Amen? To keep you in a place where you have to stir out and wander forth from it. Amen? In Psalms 91, in Psalms 91, don't you just love it? Hallelujah. I love this. Because at times we all need to get to that point where we need to have special attention and comfort. Psalm 91 says, that he that dwell in the secret place, what? Of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And look at verse 2. I, who is that? You will say of the Lord. He's what? My refuge and what else? And what else? My God. And in him, I will put my trust. So what I'm saying is like this. You have to grow in your faith. And the only way that you can grow, first, you have to come and assemble yourself together with the saints of God. Hebrews talks about that. You cannot forsake the assembly of yourselves together. You must come together. You must hear the word. How can they feel if they are, let's say, a preacher? So you've got someone to preach to show you the truth. My job up here is to show you in the scriptures that it is there. Yours as a, a committal part of it, you must commit to reading that Bible. This is my Bible, and I read it every day. You have to commit to reading it and the hiding word. And when those passages and those truths come and it, 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 it agrees with your spirit, you have to say, I agree. That was for me. That's my word for me. You hide it in your heart. And then when those situations come, God will bring it up to your remembrance. So in my closing is this. When Jesus made this statement to Thomas, and Thomas said, you remember the passageway about Thomas? And he said, I'm not going to believe unless I do what? See the nail prints in his hand. 
He says, I want to see that for myself. Jesus makes a statement to Thomas. You know, he says, you believe because you saw. He says, but blessed are they that have not seen and they believe. We want to give Thomas this bad rap and just use that one little thing with him. Why is it not, you know, you want to give Martha the bad rap? When she said, Jesus made Mary help me. We want to give Martha, you've got a lot on your mind. But those women and those men that have that point where they got shook, just say, hey, it's more to it than just that. They did great words. I love this about Thomas. He may have said that, but when Jesus spoke to him and he saw that, he says, my Lord, my God. It is because of Thomas that went to India. You don't hear about a lot of, you hear Paul and Thessalonians and you hear Paul going to Colossae and all of them. But Thomas went to India to preach the gospel. And when you begin to read about those men and women that gave their life to the Lord and they went from doubt to belief. So Thomas, what testimony could Thomas have said to those people? I saw him, but he opened up the eyes of my understanding to let me know the hope of my calling is not just for this moment only, but that I have a call to a group of people that is going to believe on Jesus by the mere words that I'm talking. So Thomas went from doubt to belief. India heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the disciples were arguing it about, should the Gentile come to just be the Jews? God sent Paul. But he confirmed it again with Peter and tell him, say, you, him hogging around this and you want to be with the circumcised and then. But Paul went over there and, and told him, like a T.I. is this way, say, y'all are bowing to God's unknown and, and, and to every kind of God you can think about. And then you even got idols at the unknown God, just in case. They all went from doubt to belief. Paul went from the point of killing to a God experience on the road. God made him blind so that he couldn't see. But while he was blind, he saw an Elias come, who he had never met, to lay hands on him and to baptize him. Now Paul is going through all Asia and all of those places to tell about a God that he was endowed and they became to believe. And when they came into belief, they changed the world. And if you don't believe that, from over in Greece, Persia, and all of that, look at us in Oklahoma. Because of the truth of somebody that believes that Jesus can fix it, we're changed. So how do you get from your doubt to your belief? You hear the word, you receive it, hide it in your heart, and become a doer in that area. And trust, how can you tell someone else to trust if you have not trusted yourself? Use the weapons that God has given to us. Pray for a garment of, uh, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So when you're down and you feel left out and nobody loves you, you can get up and sing a song. And if you don't know a song to sing, begin to speak in tongues. And it will change your life. 
But you say, I don't have the Holy Spirit. As God is fully given me. Without measure. Say this with me. Say, Lord, this day, my doubt is being washed away because of my faith in you. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. And he's worthy to be praised. Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.